It's Theopop, episode one. The one where we exercise our earworms. Go ahead. Make my day. God have mercy on your soul. Welcome to Theopop. He's David Gaddy. And he's Jeremiah Orr. And we are exploring pop culture and art from a theological mindset. Hey, David, how you been? I'm pretty good, Jeremiah. How you doing, man? Great. We're recording this late on a Tuesday night. We had some technical issues from the get-go yesterday whenever we were trying to record on Monday, but I think we've ironed them all out. And uh, we finagled this to uh, have another great episode. How you been? Doing all I'm, right? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's been it's been crazy. So this is a brand new venture yes. that that we are diving into. So uh, many of you listeners may know us as the Theonauts. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so we decided to branch out a little bit and do... Uh, this a little more lighthearted. How can it be more lighthearted than Theonauts? I mean, seriously, this is uh, <laughs> actually when we were putting this together, I'm like, man, this is deep. Like, there's some serious stuff going on with this. And, we and the whole point was, you know, just kind of be, ah, uh, we don't have to work too hard on this one. Right. It's a lot easier, <laughs> a, lot, a lot, you know, just breezy, but no way. No, we're hitting it hard, just like always. We can't do anything easy on the Theonauts. Yeah, no, but anyway, we'll we'll probably have those those schlocky episodes, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, one of our listeners from the Theonauts emailed me today, Karen. Yeah, she she emailed and and wanted to tell us about you know her feedback on the last show of yeah. the Theonauts, which was about Christmas gifts, and um. And then, and then she was uh, excited about Theopop. That's awesome. And uh, so she, she wanted to know if we were going to do some uh, In Case You Missed It episodes. <laughs> because she said, I've seen no movies from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she I don't just know. skip a decade? <laughs> yeah, Karen, what were you doing in the 90s? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, that's crazy. But, uh, but that's. But yeah, I was like, oh, for sure, because I am all about vintage pop. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll go yeah. deeper than the 90s, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I, I want to pull out some old stuff, too. Like, man, even classic stuff. Yeah, I was so. thinking, actually, for Christmas, we could do It's a Wonderful Life. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's a brilliant That's a, movie. I, I love that movie. So, okay. So, so if, if you're new to Theopop, like we are new to Theopop, basically <laughs> our goal for Theopop is to be different than Theonauts. And Theonauts, we really study theological angles, uh, you know, what we've been reading in God's Word and hashing out some of our own sermons that we've delivered. 
In mm-hmm. this, it's going to be totally, we're going to be looking at pop culture and art, and we're going to be evaluating it basically from a spiritual or Christian, Christian mindset, philosophically, what we like about it, maybe what we dislike about it, but we're going to bring some themes to the forefront in some of your favorite movies, some of your favorite art, music, whatever. And, uh, and so if you have any ideas, by the way, of movies <laughs> or music that you want us to review on Theopop, Shoot us an email. Let us know because you know we need to start building a catalog uh, so that we can plan these these uh, podcasts out. Right? David? It gives us excuse to lay around and watch movies. That's right. So. Which is exactly <laughs> what we're looking for, actually. Yeah. So I'm, and you know, I don't know if that's like you opening up a can of worms because you know everybody has their favorite TV show, oh, has sure. their favorite movie. Sure. Oh, let's talk about this. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and there's going to be, yeah, all because there's all this new stuff. But in addition to it, um, there's all this classic stuff, like I was saying, that, uh, you know, and, and if you guys have listened to Theo Knotts, it's come up a time or two that I actually studied film in, in college. So I, I love, I love being able to use this, this, um, oh, I guess filmmakers mindset that I don't get to use very often. Sure. Absolutely. So does that mean that eraser head's going to rear its ugly face? <laughs> oh, this oh, point? I don't think I'm going to subject our listeners to eraser head. <laughs> I'm guessing some Ridley Scott's going to be in there. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe, you know, and it's funny. We are looking at things from a Christian viewpoint, which means we may even be talking about movies that aren't all that Christian friendly because I think it's kind of, I think it's valuable right. to, to look at um, the darker side of some of these arts and see what they're trying to say because um, there's a lot of deep philosophical things in some movies that are kind of messed up, So, but, but it all comes back to God. Like it, I mean, under there's an underlying thing. Either, either they're missing that we could talk about, or things that they're hitting on that maybe we as Christians have avoided or are not, you know, focused on. To me, this is nothing but biblical. You know, you look in Scripture and you see Paul going to the Areopagus and using culture to share the gospel. And I mm. think that culture is a great way to to share. Christian truth. And so, yeah, definitely we, we will be, in fact, I think this first uh, episode, we're going to be looking at a TV show that a lot of Christians would probably turn their nose at and, and say it's too dark or scary or wrong. Yeah. We're looking at a horror genre today. And so, so what? exactly, yeah. but we're going to use it and we're going to see how Christ shows up in this. We can show. glorify God in That's everything. Right. Even if we're looking at, like I said, if we're looking at things that filmmakers are missing in life, like if they're asking existential questions and coming up with the wrong answers, that's us. That's a launching point to talk about the gospel. That's right, and the right so, answers. <laughs> yes, and and you know, fix some of of the brokenness, I guess, uh, or at least point people to where the the answers are, as far as finding finding existential answers. Absolutely. To their questions. So, so we got a lot to talk about on this episode. So you you ready to dive in? Without further ado, let's do it. All right. 
from Michelle and Robert King, Evil, coming this fall to CBS. True or false, I like mechanics magazines. <laughs> Are you serious? False. I have diarrhea once or more a month. False, but thanks for asking. I like the sound of a woman screaming. Orson. How many times have you declared a defendant sane? Forensic psychologist doesn't declare. How many times have you determined the defendant had the mental capacity to be prosecuted? 34 times. Is my client possessed by a demon? Are you referring to demons metaphorically or clinically? Ms. Bouchard, I work for the Catholic Church. So you're a priest? No, an assessor. My colleague Ben and I investigate unexplained phenomenon. I didn't know that was a job. It is. I don't believe in all that. Devils and possession. The problem with my job is that possession looks a lot like insanity. And I need someone to help me distinguish between the two. Orson? Maybe what's wrong? This is what? A haunting? Well, the theory is that the demon takes over the house and then it takes over the person. I know you believe in this stuff. I don't. This is stupid. Again, there's no demonic possession? No. My wife believes in that stuff. others for the pleasure of it psychopaths yes this is where our beliefs overlap it's not real it's just a dream can a dream do this take this trust me you may need it i'm here to tell the truth you're in way over your head miss bruchard What happened to nonviolence? It's provisional. Is that what Jesus said? You're a bitch. Oh boy, do you have that right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All right, so our topic of the evening is CBS, the CBS series Evil, which started in 2020, so we're in the first season of it, and I don't know about you, Jared, but I am anxiously awaiting season two. Okay, so I got to tell you how I learned about the series, so I I visited David um, a while back, and he said, hey, have you seen this? the series called evil. And I said, I, I have no clue. And so we watched the first two episodes and I got hooked and I came home and binge watched in one evening, the entire season, <laughs> the first season I couldn't stop. And I was angry. 
like really angry whenever <laughs> it left on such a cliffhanger. Uh, and so, um, man, it, it's just an incredible show. Do you uh, do you want to give a brief synopsis there, David, about what this is about? Yeah. Okay. So the the name of the series itself, I was a little. When when I first heard the name, I thought, "Wow, what a boring name for what a for a brilliant TV show!" Like um, the 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 thing that I thought it was just kind of vague. Like the 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 name is vague, but after watching it, the name is very appropriate because <laughs> because it's a study on evil. Right. Like like every episode, where we're dealing with existential questions. About evil and about how you know we're evil, but basically the the synopsis is is this: we have a um, we have a uh, a Catholic priest in training named David Acosta, who is um, who is hired by the Catholic Church to investigate miraculous and supernatural issues that pop up, mainly to see if the church needs to get involved. That would be prim- primarily through exorcism. So, there's, is this a possession, or is this, a, or is this a uh, psychological problem? Instead, is is it supernatural or is it not? So, in order to to determine this, these investigations, he hires a couple of skeptics, actual non-believers. One of which is a uh, a Muslim man named Ben, and uh, really, the protagonist or one of the protagonists of the show is Kristen Bouchard. Right. And now, both of these characters are so well done as far as their skepticism, their backgrounds, what they believe in, what they don't believe in. It fits perfectly into this scenario of is it supernatural or is it scientific? Is there a psychological element? So it's really brilliantly done. Oh my goodness! And it it actually leaves the the watcher guessing. Really, each episode, there mm-hmm. are parts that that may be supernatural, can't be explained, and other parts that are easily explained by the end of the uh, end of the show. So, I, I think these these characters are really well done. Yeah, it's brilliantly written in a way that is very non-committal and that almost sounds dissatisfying because as a christian viewer you're like no 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 i wanted to lean completely toward christianity but actually the value is that it is interesting for non-christians who may be opposed or atheist or whatever to entertain it as well but the the thing that i really like about it is that the show treats Christianity and Christian beliefs in a very positive light. Right. Sure. Like it's not treated as foolishness. It's not treated as, as just, you know, Oh, it's, you're just believing in some lead myths and legends. Like a lot of, of Hollywood fair tries to sell Christianity. This show actually treats Christianity in a very fair light. Uh, the main character, David Acosta is um he is winsome he's 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 okay so the actor who plays david acosta is mike coulter that you might recognize from 
um, superhero fair. That's like, right. Luke Cage. Marvel's Luke Cage. Is, Marvel's Luke Cage. Is studying <laughs> to become a priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. Yes. So and so he's very he's he's very um down to earth. He's very charismatic. He's um he's loving. Like he's he's very approachable. He doesn't really argue, you know, in in a way that's off-putting. Like he he accepts their disbelief. But then but he doesn't let that deter his belief. Right. And so there's all these really great conversations where he's like, yeah, it's okay if you're not where I'm at, but this is where I'm at. Exactly. And, and because of that, they're attracted to his, they find his beliefs admirable. So even though they don't believe, even though they're non-believers, they find his faith something that's worthy to be admired right. in fact that's why ben at one point even says i admire him because of who he is and because he is a true believer yeah and so in other words he's it's it's not like an it's not presented argumentatively between the two views it's presented lovingly right um and so i really like that i like the 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 um, the formula, the um, like the 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 jive between all the characters. The play between the characters is probably the mm-hmm. uh, the best thing about this show. Um, and and the fact that they're it's a continual um discovery about supernatural versus natural, which is one of my favorite themes in this entire entire thing. Um, so they're they're on a they're on a quest to discover whether these, and a lot of it has to do with uh, demon, demonic possessions. Then you have some hauntings that that are going on, and then mm-hmm. you also have miracles. One of my favorite episodes, the second episode, deals with mm-hmm. the miracle of a, a a girl who's raised to life after three hours of being dead, right? And right. and so uh, there's this interchange between David's belief and sometimes almost blind belief. And then, and then uh, Ben, who is a complete utter skeptic, and then you have Kristen, who's somewhere in the middle. She's a yeah. failed Catholic. She describes herself as a failed Catholic, um, mm-hmm. who who used to be practicing, now is not at all. Um, she's a psychologist, so she really understands the human mind and the human condition. Um, and she's a family woman, and so she has four daughters and a husband, and the husband is off leading expeditions uh yes they're mountain climbers they're mountain they, climbers that's right they, in, a, in, a, in their earlier life they were they were both mountain climbers uh leading expeditions on everest like <laughs> like some real big huge mountain climbers right and uh but she uh chose to stay home with the kids yeah and uh and work in the profession of a clinical psychologist right while he still stayed over in Nepal. <laughs> right, climbing mountains. And yeah, so climbing mountains. There's this it's really, yeah, it's a really good interchange between the three characters, and that's that's probably the major thing I love about it. I also love uh, the evil characters in the mm-hmm. in the series. That um, the 
the Leland Townsend main antagonist is this guy by the name of Leland Townsend, and he's yes. just straight up one of the most evil characters that was ever thought of. Um, <laughs> and then you then you have the demon, the the what do you, what do you call him? Uh, incubus uh, mm-hmm. named George who haunts Kristen's yes. dreams. And then you even have, and this is, by the way, spoiler alert, so you should go watch it, but we're going to do spoilers all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't know if we can talk about it without spoiling it some. We won't, tr- we won't give away any major uh, right. spoilers. But but there's the, the mentor of Leland who is appears to be Satan himself in some form. So he's some kind of a goat demon. What do you call those things? Uh, a pan or a fawn. Yeah, a pan or a fawn demon. He's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's all these different things at play uh, in the in the series. So definitely. And it's, you know, we talk about things like that, and it's like, well, it sounds like you just committed all the way to, you know, this is this is a spiritual, you know, thing that th- this is this is supernatural. But the but the thing that you don't know as a as a viewer is how much are you watching is how much of it is in the minds of the characters. Their perception, that's right. Yeah, how much of it is the result of a, a drug-induced or a, um, um, like like there's, there's several cases where drugs are either accidentally introduced or they're purposefully introduced. Right. And so we don't really know for sure if the things they're seeing are supernatural or if they're hallucinations of some sort. Right. It's incredible how they, how they're able to, uh, to interweave this. So you think, you think, okay, that's definitely a hundred percent supernatural. And then it comes back and you're like, sort of not, not really. So a good example of this is, uh, the first time that Kirsten meets George and it's actually in the very first episode. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. And so the first night terror she has, she can't move. George is doing some crazy stuff and then, um, and talking to her. And then she tells him, you're a, you're a figment of my imagination basically. And then the next day she, she does this thing to figure out that he is a figment like she's dreaming him up, but you still question, is she really dreaming him up or not? Yeah. You know, because yeah, she's there's always this back and forth, you know. Right. Oh, I saw it on one of the kids' web su- shows, and so right. that explains it. And then, oh, wait a minute, but he knows way too much, and yeah. this happened. And like, they're always playing with your mind, right? The daughter ends up knowing exactly about George at some point, like, she's haunt- <clears throat> he's haunting her dreams as well. And so, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of this back and forth at play, it's pretty cool. So that's basically well, a synopsis and the characters, but we really want to get yeah. to the themes, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to talk about some of these issues that the series sometimes calls into question intentionally. Sometimes they skate along, not realizing that they're touching on some existential questions, some questions about um, uh, spiritual questions that I think that. Uh, it actually covers quite well. Sure. So um, the first one and the most obvious one I want to talk about is the evil. So all of this is about evil. 
Right. Whether whether or not it's you know it's why do psychopaths do what they do? Why why are people are people really possessed or are they just you know how is evil infiltrating them? And not only is evil something that is seen as an external element, but evil is portrayed as being close to home. Sure. So all the characters have a level of evil that that is in, in, internal. Even even the faithful true believer David Acosta, right, who has a dark past, he has things that haunt him. Um, he has somewhat of a of a substance abuse issue, right, um, and so the 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 one of these themes that is touched on by every character pretty much throughout the show is how where does this evil come from and in is it inside of all of us indwelling in us just itching to come out or just like on the surface can we go from being saint to sinner right uh, type of thing so there's some brilliant ways in which they do this you mentioned david acosta and and every single one of the characters has some type of a flaw so david acosta definitely he struggles with substance addiction he also struggles with the past and uh sex addiction um he's a, right. a former sex addict and so you have those things that are plaguing him and he's the most quote-unquote perfect one of the bunch yes. he's the most spiritual definitely of all of the characters um there's a scene in the very uh in the second uh show it's the it's the beginning of the second uh episode and he's praying and he's praying really hard like just faithfully he's praying uh he's doing the uh hail marys um while he's mm-hmm. while he's sitting in a church while he's beside his bed, and then while he's out running. And there's a point where, while he's out running, he comes up to this spot, and you find out later this is the spot where he gets his drugs. And you can see this inner turmoil welling up within him. And then, in the next scene, you see the most evil character, Leland Townsend, trying to distract him from praying the the Hail Mary. And... uh, to the point where he's he's saying, "Hey, what do you think about Christian? She's a pretty hot number, right?" And all this stuff, yeah. talking about drugs, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's he's fighting this struggle, this internal battle. Um, you see it with Kristen and the way that she's struggling with her family, um, as well as the way she's struggling with her husband. And then there's this great part where George is talking about. Uh, He's he's asking her the questions, right? Mm-hmm. And he he has a knife to her fingers. Yes, <laughs> and he's he, like, if you answer the question wrong, I cut off one of your fingers. Exactly. And one and some of these questions get deep into it. And one of them is, I'm sexually, or I was flirting with David Acosta today, even though I'm married. And she had to mm-hmm. answer yes, right? I'm sexually attracted to David Acosta, and she had to answer yes, right? And so there's this there's this internal struggle and. Um, Ben has it whenever he's faced with this conundrum about dating this girl that he finds out believes in a dead in ghost. <laughs> yeah, her dead twin sister is attached to her hip somehow. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and so he's he's deciding: Do I, you know, do I go ahead with this relationship and stay the night with this girl, even though 
obviously, you know, so he's fighting this internal battle. Yeah. Every single character in this show is struggling with internal and external evil, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it brings us evil coming at them from an external way and evil coming at them from an internal right. way. Right. And so it begs us to ask the question, what is the substance <clears throat> of evil and where does it come from? So, what do you think, David? What's the substance of evil? Well, where does it come from? Well, um, I wanted to go to the Bible. Why not? Hey, right? you know, we're theonauts. That's <laughs> what we do. Yes, so we should probably do that at some point. <laughs> um, I want to go to Romans chapter 7. Because um, this is covered somewhat by the Apostle Paul. Now, I know there's debate about when uh, Paul is is addressing this. Right. Um, is he, is he talking about, you know, his pre conversion? I tend to think that this is uh contemporary to his salvation. I don't, because he's talking about um, a law that he finds within himself. Right. That, that he struggles with this all the time. Right. And, I, and, and whether it's pre conversion or after conversion, the truth still remains about the evil. So it doesn't change the truth of what evil is. So, do you have that pulled up? I didn't pull my Bible up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Let's see. Where I'm I'm trying to decide where to start. Okay. Um, let's see. Genesis. I guess. Let me start. Let me start in Romans seven, and um, verse fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, Evil lies close at hand, for I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. But there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Christ Jesus. So I always think it's, it's a bad chapter break. I like that cha- verse one. <laughs> oh, of, yeah, definitely. <laughs> chapter eight needs to be at the end of that. But um, so that's really what we're talking about here, right? Sure. Absolutely. There's a law law of sin and there's a law I mean there's a law of God and there's a law of flesh and we are constantly at war uh, with this 
and it's not tied to salvation. That's no. that's a, an important part because I used to think it was, but that last that's why I read chapter one or chapter eight verse one. <laughs> there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. At the end, he's going, "Thank God, there's an answer," <laughs> because I can't do this. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I I think it speaks to the truth that here's the deal. Um, David writes in his great confession, Psalm 51, in sin did my mother conceive me, right? The reality is, is evil has been with us. If you read Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3, you see that evil has been with us since Adam. Um, Evil is a direct result from uh, sin, falling away from, from God's plan, his desire, and his grace. And mm-hmm. so the truth is, is that every one of these characters are flawed, just like we are. And we all have great capacity for evil, all of us. Um, and, and we struggle with it on a daily basis. So there's definitely internal, but let's talk about external for a second. Um, mm-hmm. One of the most interesting things to me was, it, and it came from, from the very first episode, <clears throat> was the conversation <clears throat> that... Um, Kristen has with David um, right after she's hired by him and he's shocked that she even wants or he even wants her to be on the team because she's such a, a skeptic. She doesn't believe uh, that that supernatural things exist, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so she has this conversation with David that basically goes, I, I'm, I believe in science. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> right. what she says. She's, yeah, yeah. She she's like I'm. You know, I I see a scientific answer to all everything that that's out there, and it, it's basically it's just science. Evil, for example, psycho is a psychological thing that happens with humans. It's science. Um, and so David asked her, "So you have no room for supernatural in your life?" And she said, basically, she said, "What you call miracles." are what ignorant people call science or call science basically right yeah so everything has an explanation and david answers that by saying well first off i've traveled the world and as i've gotten further and further away from the united states i've seen some incredible things things that you can't explain through science and I think that that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I think of you going to Haiti and seeing some of the things that you've seen, mm-hmm. right? Some of the supernatural, crazy phenomenon that's gone on. And yes. these people are more susceptible to it. Uh, and I think Satan uses supernatural phenomena. Yeah. In prayed, all- over a, prayed over a, uh, a voodoo priest once. Prayed over a werewolf one time, <laughs> which is incredible. I, you know, I know it's like okay, the guy turns into a dog at night. Right. I didn't witness this, but this is what this is what the the God fearing Christians there swore up and down. Right? Yes, this is what this happens. guy is is afflicted by demons. He turns into a dog at night. I, I'm not even going to argue that. I'm going to pray over him. Right? Exactly. And so, <laughs> so, uh, so David says. You know, I've seen the supernatural, and and it's made me a believer. And then he says, but beyond that, he said, science can answer everything that that you can recreate, Mm -hmm. right? It's repeatable. It's repeatable. Things that are repeatable. Right. Supernatural things, and there are things that exist that that are only, that are non-repeatable. 
and that's what super that's what the supernatural stuff is. And so mm-hmm. if we look at that and then we we base it against scripture and I'm going to the most famous ch- chapter really about evil um that I think of <clears throat> um and it's Ephesians chapter 6, right? Yes. If we yes. base this off of scripture supernatural evil is all over scripture. Jesus oh, yeah. is casting out demon after demon after demon. There there are struggles and and Paul says this. He says finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our wrestle, our struggle with evil externally is supernatural, and we need to be Mm -hmm. ready to combat it. And so, does evil exist in the world? And I think this, this show does a really good job of showing both and, right? Yes. It's psychological, and then there's there's a there's a spiritual aspect to it, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know the the truth is well, and it's just like that 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 passage you just read that that uh, you know the principalities and powers that's referring to that's a supernatural reference, like it's like it's referencing supernatural things, yeah, not not necessarily you know. <laughs> something you can touch or feel or yeah um, it's intangible or something that you can categorize easily right and so like i said this show does a great job of presenting both aspects of this and showing them the truth that you know number one evil exists internally and externally (laughs) and it's all around us uh and it's capable of doing some absolutely horrible things so anyways um well, um, one of the things that I got from the show as well that um, I think addresses things <clears throat> is um, how God, al- why God allows evil is one of the questions that comes up. And so one of the evils that is, that is addressed or that is, a, that is having to be dealt with in the show isn't in the form of malevolence right or it isn't in the form of of an attack but it's in the form of a sick child yeah so one of Kristen's little girls has a heart condition and it boils down to a 50/50 chance that she'll die before she has a chance to grow up right and and so uh, there's there's this thing that she's dealing with here. And so she makes it kind of clear that part of the reason why she can't accept God, at least from the same way David does, is because she can't understand why that could exist. And this is the age-old question. Like, right. this is one of the... This is, what, this is what makes atheists of Christians. Like, this, this is... Uh, uh, the question that uh, plagues people is I've experienced evil firsthand. How could God let it happen? Right. Why, why is he, why is he letting this happen to me? And, 
I think this was in the Miracles episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, the, the second episode. Because she wanted to know, why do some people get a miracle? Like, well, we're praying, right. and we're praying for miracles all the time, Yeah, but yet my child is 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 uh the, her fate is presumably determined by a flip of a coin. Yeah. So that whole episode to me deals with prayer. When you look at mm-hmm. it, it starts yes. out with David praying, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes through and then she asks specifically about prayer and she says, "Do you she asks David, "Do you really think that prayer does anything?" And she said, "You know, there are millions of people praying all across the world and there, it's not going to stop them from getting cancer or dying in a horrible accident. And she said, and yet there are all these terrible people out there that live to, to ripe old ages of 90. Mm. She says, you know, if I believe prayer, was, prayer would work, then I would put the saints to shame with my prayers for my daughter, who we don't know if she's going to, we find out, they said, we find out in three weeks whether she's going to live past 20 or she's going to die. And I think one of the greatest answers that David gives (laughs) in this entire series happens right after she gives him this whole diatribe of how God is unfair, basically. Yes. And prayer doesn't work. And he said, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And he looks at her with the the most kind eyes and love. And he says, but I'll pray for you. And that yeah. that is such an, an impactful thing to me. That's that's what we need to be answering as ministers when somebody comes with this question. The best thing we can say we can't we can't give assurities, we can't give yeah. promises. We don't have the answer. We don't have those answers exactly. But what we have is faith. Yeah, and what we have is you know one of the things he kept leaning on was the things he he has seen and witnessed. Is right. leaves him with the inability to to doubt to not have that faith exactly like like so it's so is so he's like and it's, and be honest like as ministers and as christians you don't have to have all the answers right and the answer right there in the situation is exactly what he did which was loving care you could see it in his eyes it hurt his heart that her daughter is afflicted with this. And the minute she tells him, you could just see it on his face. Like, um, so love and empathy is, is what I believe God is wanting out of us in these tough questions. And compassion, you know, and we could go the theological bit. I know the answer. I know the theological answer is the truth is there are no good people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, evil right. exists in all of us, and the truth is, is because of sin, death entered the world, and this is one of the results. This is one of the it's terrible the results. Consequence. It's the consequence, and then I could answer, but you know, you, you can look to eternity uh, for comfort, and you can know that this isn't the end. That the end is is eternity with with God for those that trust in Christ, and that's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, according to scripture, but I don't think that that's the best thing to say to somebody who's in that type of a conundrum at that minute. The best thing right. to say is, you know, I I love you. I'm sorry this is happening. I know that God loves you. I don't have an answer, but I will pray. 
Yes. That's brilliant. It's beautiful. I'm not going to let it deter my faith. Exactly. And so, because what else do you have? Nothing. I mean, there's not, it's just like Peter, whenever uh, Jesus, you know, scares everybody with his hard teaching and they all begin to leave and he looks at the disciples and says, what about you guys? You guys going to leave me too? <laughs> and Peter's response was, where would we go? You have the words you, of life. <laughs> you, you have the way to, li- to, to eternal life. Right. Why, like, <laughs> like, no. And which is the same thing here. I mean, we don't have when That's those hard things happen, we don't have the answers all the time. But we but we know that there is only one way to eternal life. And so we have to lean on it. Amen. So, so um one of the one of the things that you uh you saw really big in this and I'd, I'd like you to speak to is how we deal with the evil that we encounter or what what we what we do with evil uh and i think you have a clip here yeah i do um so you guys have to bear with us a little bit we're we're still trying to get all our ducks in a row and jeremiah can't hear all these clips so he doesn't get the benefit of bouncing off ideas from them but um i totally remember it though so we're all right (laughs) i snagged i snagged a couple of clips off off offline and uh some of my wanted i couldn't find but I have some here that, uh, so one of the things I do want to address is how evil, whether it's years in the past or whether it's present, there's this question about everyone has to deal with it and everyone has different personalities and so, and different strengths and different weaknesses. And so I think we all deal with it a little bit differently. Right. Obviously we, we all deal, we all should deal with it through our faith in God, but how does that, where's the tangible side of that? What does that equate to? So I'm going to play a clip here uh, from the show. This, the slave owner's brand. You use this in your paintings? Yeah. You said this was intuitive. I lied. Why? Because I birthed you and I knew exactly what you'd say. But that seal? Is mine. It's a seal of a racist who owned human beings. It's evil. It's not. It's not you that's evil. It's. It's about slavery. Dad, this symbol is nothing but pain. That's right. There's pain in my paintings. And in my DNA. And in yours. And in Annie's. But that's not all that I am, and not all you are. What I know is that I'm in charge of how I shoulder that weight. So I reached out and reclaimed that brand for myself, made it my property, not the other way around. To me, that's a symbol of resilience, of grace beyond all measure. That's just not what I see when I look at that. I leave you that room. You leave me mine. You carry your weight the way you need to carry it, and I'll carry mine my way. But what's true is we're both going to carry it. Okay, so in this clip, we have David talking to his dad. 
who's right. kind of estranged from. Right. He, he he hasn't had a lot of contact with his dad. His dad and is a this, weird character, by the way. He is he is weird, <laughs> and this this episode is very weird. It's trippy. There's even but, an alien birth in it, but keep going. Yeah, I don't even... There are some drug use involved, so <laughs> let's... But anyway, in this particular clip, the discussion that's being had is uh, David came to visit his dad because he noticed... His dad's a painter, and he noticed in his paintings this sigil, this stamp, this seal that was on every painting, and he found that sigil in the Vatican library as a, as a demonic symbol. And so he's like, is my dad like working for the devil? Like what's going on? And so that's why he goes to visit here, finds out through this conversation that that sigil was the seal of the slave owner who owned part of their family. And so now David is just appalled. Yeah, he's, he's like, you, you took the slave owner's seal and you, you're putting it in your art. And the dad basically says, "This is how I have reconciled that evil. I've, I have taken ownership of that sign, so it's not evil anymore. I own it now. It's mine." In other words, in his heart, he's conquered the 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 hatred, the animosity, all the things that come along with it by taking ownership of it. And so, um, and then David says, I can't do that. I don't see it the way you do. Even though the dad says, to me, it's a picture of resilience. It's a picture of, of grace, which I thought was kind of cool in a way, because in a way he was saying, my ancestral slave owners don't deserve grace. Right. No one deserves grace. They don't deserve pardon. They don't deserve, they deserve my condemnation. But what they're getting is my grace instead. Right. Which is, not, that, which is Christian. Like that, that's, a, that's a Christian way of handling things. Sure. Uh, and I, I think it's also it speaks to the fact that we can overcome evil with good. So what does he do? He overcomes this evil mm. with his art, um, yeah. with his with his own passion, uh, with his own creativity. And in a sense, that's that's what we as Christians do, right? We overcome evil with with the truth. Um, yes. And so in that way, we, we conquer it. Um, and you had spoken before uh, about, like, I've heard people say that we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. Um, yeah. I've heard people say that we shouldn't celebrate Easter because right. of uh, pagan roots. Pagan influences. Pagan, pagan influences. Mm -hmm. and, and the truth is, is that, no, we overcome that. We conquer that with truth. And yes. we take that and we, we make it the truth king yeshua reigns it's now his holiday that's right and like it whatever it used to mean nobody worships that anymore no one's wor worshiping uh tammuz you know <laughs> even though the babylonian 
God may have had an influence in the traditions. Right. No one's no one's worshiping that false god anymore. It, it reminds me, yeah, Jesus with it. That's right. It reminds me of when Jesus is asked about paying taxes. Right. Mm. And what does he say? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto me what is mine. And what he what he means by that? He asked for a coin, and on the coin, most assuredly, it was minted. Caesar is God. Yes, yes. And what does he do? He takes that and he says, no, no, no. Jesus is Lord. Not Caesar is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but render unto me what is mine. And in that way, he's taking that and he's making it. He's redeeming the culture. Yes. Right? Which is exactly what Paul does. And so that's what this, this guy is doing. And, you know, David can't come to terms with that, I don't think. He, he kind of leaves basically saying, you do it, you redeem it your way, I'm going to redeem it yeah. my way. But yeah, And that's what uh, the dad says at the very end of that clip was, um, you know, I'll leave you room. I'll, I'll leave you. He says, like, I can't see it your way, Dad. And he's like, I'll, I'll give you that room. But he's like, you you deal with it your way. I'll deal with it mine. But here's what I do know. We're both going to burden it. We're both going to carry it. Right. You just have to decide how you're going to carry it. Beautiful. Oh, man. Uh, and that, that reminded me also um, something I wanted to bring up before we, we hit the last point and, and do the last clip. Yeah. Um, well, I still got a couple more. So <laughs> Awesome. Good. Well, uh one of the things I, I pulled out of this is opening yourself up to evil. Um, yes. And I think every character also has a sense of opening themselves up to evil in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the best examples of this is a young man who's who's a tertiary character and who lasts for, I think, all of two episodes, maybe three at the most. Um, but he's a, he's a kid who... Basically, he gets uh, he gets turned down for a date from this barista girl that he's fallen in love with, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he gets angry because of it. And what does he do? He as he's leaving, he's kind of his in his anger. He's opened himself up a little bit, and he meets at that point. And this is why I think Satan is so good and terrible at this, but he finds us at our weakest moments. And this guy had just been rejected by this girl and Leland Townsend walks by him and gives him. And by the way, Townsend is a quote unquote psychologist himself Yes, and gives him his card and invites him to come and do some sessions with him. And through the sessions, he turns this young man's uh, anger into hatred of all women to the point where he gets this young man to train to go in and commit an, a mass murder of women. And yes. whenever, at the very last second, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but he ends up getting taken out, so the mass murder yeah. doesn't happen. And it's a surprise. And it's, like- a, <laughs> it's a total shock. But in, that, in the, that series of episodes, it's a great picture of how it starts small with something like anger or jealousy mm-hmm. or bitterness or frustration. And it gets blown up into this big thing 
And Satan can use that to create in us so much capacity for evil. Yes. Um, that, you know, this kid never probably would have thought that, that he would be planning a mass murder. But in the end, he does. Right? Yeah. And, of course, Leland, in the show, uh, Leland Townsend is the antagonist. He's He is a clinical psychologist as well, just like Kristen. But the the flip side of that is he may he may be satan's minion like that's kind of right. there, there's a supernatural bent to it that he he's actually uh, a satanic spiritual being himself like there's um that is kind of in question right and and, and so his job is not his job has nothing to do with his clinical psychology, although he uses that as a tool. His job is to promote others to do evil things. Exactly. That's what he's trying to do. And it's crazy because Leland himself is an example of what we're talking about, opening yourself up to evil. Yes. Because when Leland started out, and you find this throughout, and I don't want to spoil it, but he starts out as a normal dude. And ends up mm-hmm. opening himself up to evil and becomes the most, I mean, this guy's just, I, I, I'm rooting for him to die at some point. <laughs> so horrible. Yeah, he's a despicable he's, uh, character. He is. You just hate him. and uh, But all of them do it. David himself opens, uh, you know, gets, gets opened up to evil and yeah. tries to fight it as much as he can, but he falls victim to sin. So yeah, the one of the the most innocent examples of this is Kristen's children. So Kristen has four children, and they get left alone. <laughs> and so with, much, by the way. And, I know they get left alone a lot, and they get left alone with her mom, who is pretty irresponsible, borderline alcoholic, and. <laughs> single and just wants to party like she's in her 30s but she's like 60 yeah so well i won't say anything about that but (laughs) but anyway uh so these children are kind of left to their own devices and throughout the course of the show they're constantly in trouble like they're constantly in danger they're constantly and it's and it's a lot to the nature of what you're talking about because they're approached with evil many times. And um, part of the reason why they open up to it is innocently, but yet there's still the darkness, the, 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 the law of the flesh is still inside those little bitty girls. And that is, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but it's exciting, Right. So that's that tends to be most of their um they're constantly doing playing and toying around with things they shouldn't be playing and toying around with because it's off limits. Right. And so this includes um you know a Halloween night uh oh, scare that was the scare party. Creepiest thing ever by the way. Yeah, where they where they play this this uh psycho little game with a creepy little girl that we still don't know who she was. <laughs> right. And, and, and the, there's also one point where they get a video game, a virtual reality or a, all, uh, what do you call it? A augmented reality, augmented reality game. Yeah. Game. And it is, uh, actually has some 
demonic influences inside of it. Yeah. Uh, that is trying to uh, lead them astray. And then there's um, they're sneaking around watching this horror web series they're not supposed to watch. Right. And that could be uh, some of the sources of George, yeah. the demon. Um, yeah. So. So the so the girls are the same way. They're opening themselves up in what they see as a very innocent thing, but it becomes evil. Yeah, and and they ultimately have to be rescued. Right. <laughs> um, the thing that this reminds me of is is Cain and Abel um, mm-hmm. in Scripture. Right. Cain offers a sacrifice. Abel offers a sacrifice. God accepts for whatever reason. Abel's uh, sacrifice, but doesn't accept Cain's. And what mm-hmm. happens? Cain gets jealous and angry. And yes. I-, I love uh, God's answer to Cain in Genesis 4, 7. If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your uh, door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Mm. And that's what happens. It, it opens yourself up to evil. And what in the very next thing, what is Cain doing? He's killing his brother and trying to <laughs> pretend like he didn't do it. It's just this, you know, you have David who who stays home from uh, going out to war and, and, and watches Bathsheba and opens himself up to that sin, which gets yes. worse and worse. You have you have all these different examples in Scripture, and it, it, it's played out so well in this show. So that's one of the things that yeah. really just kind of blew me away is how they open themselves up and end up getting eaten alive by evil. <laughs> well, one, one of the things that uh, it addresses, the show addresses as well, is... That sin is subtle, evil is subtle, right? And that it and that it sneaks in on you, and it it like infiltrates the good things without you really knowing about it. Yeah. So there is there's one episode where um, where David is injured. He's he's in the hospital. Oh, and um, a a um, uh, prophetess. Well, a prophet, a, a prophetess had given him a verse, and that was the the verse. And all she said was Matthew thirteen twenty five. And so he he had not looked that up. He had not like addressed it until he was in the hospital. And then when he went and looked it up, of course he was uh, incapacitated. And there's all this drama. That is one of the most that episode is one of the most frustrating episodes of TV you'll ever watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so... Like, I, like I was, because there's nothing really creepier than not being, not being able to do anything right. about like, like he's paralyzed and can't move and he's having to deal with, with evil around him. Right. All over in this, in this state. And it's, oh, it's like almost impossible. It just drives you crazy. But anyway, so I wanted to point out the verse that he looked at, which is in Matthew 13, verse 25, simply says, this is in the middle of one of Jesus's parables. He says, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. 
So, so this is the kingdom parables. And the kingdom parable, of course, begins with Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Right. But, but while the men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And so the point, they kind of took it a little bit out of context in the, For sure. in the show. But the point that they were making is still valid. Right. And th- that point was that evil infiltrates when you're not paying attention, when the master is asleep, whenever, whenever you're not on guard, that is whenever the weeds begin to grow. Right. Uh, which is, you know, exactly what we see whenever we read, in, you know, Peter telling us, you know, uh, to be watchful for the enemy is walking about like a lion seeking who he may devour. Like be being watchful is one of the, is one of the, the constant warnings of the new Testament. Right. Absolutely. Be on your guard. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. So yeah, that's a, so that was good. Another great one. So you have another clip. Yes. Uh, let's listen to that. And let's talk about, uh, that (laughs) okay so here we go oh my goodness your testimony went poorly today didn't it i think the judge was leaning against larue until you testified what do you think and the sad thing is you had so many chances to not get involved how many times did i tell you to go home to your daughters don't get involved in david but then every step of the way you did the opposite and now your husband's offering this gift go climbing and yet here you still are i'm gonna do for you what god did for job job had only three daughters god killed them you have four daughters i'm gonna kill every last one then your husband then burn down your house i'm not gonna touch you though no because i want you to live with the realization that you're responsible for their deaths that you let them die through your obstinacy your need to win god you talk too much if i were you i would not what tempt you seriously is that how the devil works he needs to be tempted to do wrong I am not to be trifled. Jake Perry. What? That's your real name. You're an insurance adjuster from Des Moines. Or at least you were until your second divorce. Then you moved to New York, went to college, and decided to recreate yourself as Leland Townsend, a forensic psychologist psychopath. Is that what the devil does? Uh, Yep, the devil may be tech savvy, but so are we mortals. And all I had to do was use some of the genetic material that you left on a glass in my kitchen, ask the help of a detective friend, and bang, there it was, a match. The devil can use anybody. Really, Jake? Jake the Flake? Shyest boy in the class of 1979 at Roosevelt High School, honorary member of band club? How was playing the tuba in marching band? And let's talk about your first wife. Oh, Janie, she wanted to have children, but you had trouble getting it up, didn't you? No, no, this is true. And then your second wife, Tina, she married you for the money. Do you want to know how I know? I just gave her a call. I mean, you'd think if if the devil had anybody to inhabit, he'd use a better specimen. No? (laughs) So, okay, so that is Leland... 
confronting <laughs> Kristen. Yeah. And then Kristen just taking him to town. Yeah, that's so good. Like, that was such a relief in this series, just watching him be put in his place like that. It yes. was so great, you know? It, it, you're just like, yeah, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the point that I wanted to make about this clip is she disarms him. So he comes to her with this vile, evil, like, I warned you, and now I'm going to treat you like God treated Job. I'm going to kill all your children. I'm going to burn down your house, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you're weak. You have nothing. You re- you really think you're Satan? I don't think so. I you know, and she just like uh, puts him in his place because she did this research and found out his alter ego and, and right, his backstory, who, who he is, and uh, and completely disarms him. And you can just see the look on his face as she's talking. He's getting mousier and mousier. Like he wants to run away. Right. And um, cowers down, and, and yes, that, that's a beautiful way of how we are supposed to confront evil. Yes, the truth is, Satan is nothing, mm. he, he's absolutely nothing compared to our father. And yes, he already knows that he's lost the war. Yes, so you know, people always want to put. God and Satan on this balanced thing. The like, worst, the, uh, yeah, the worst like, thing like, I see on Facebook are those but, those pictures of Satan and Jesus arm wrestling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like no, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Okay, <laughs> it's like Satan has nothing on God and Jesus. Like, like it's one punch done. Like there's nothing to that. In fact, Satan's already been defeated. All he's doing at this point is trying to take as many people as he can with him. Right. So the strength in the in the clip, I think, is she had reason to be scared of him f- through a lot of the of the series. But it's like once she exposed him for being the weak individual that he really was, well then she realized, wait a minute. This guy doesn't have the strength I thought he had. No power. And I think yeah. sometimes we give Satan a little too much credit. Like we, we we give him power. We make him powerful. When Jesus has defeated him soundly. Yeah. Um, and so what we need to do is live in the in that victory, which which is, um, you know, we often think about, you know, we don't have to fight ourselves. Jesus already won. All we have to do is acknowledge the truth of who Satan really is. He's really a defeated uh, wannabe. Right. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to have control. He wanted, but he failed. Right. And failed miserably. I like. And praise God. Amen. I like uh, the way Charles Spurgeon puts it best. He calls Satan God's lapdog. Satan, <laughs> Satan has no power except for what God allows him to have. And at any point, God can pull on that chain. Mm. And, and the truth is, is that our, our, our God is so supremely more powerful than anything Satan can throw at us. And so anybody that's confronted with these, these evil, nefarious 
thing should realize that the the truth is in the end that that Satan is defeated that God reigns supreme and that through the blood of Jesus Satan can't have us right there's Amen. nothing that can nothing that can separate us from the love of God and Satan definitely can't do it so you know uh throughout I think that that's probably the most important thing to learn mm-hmm. from the series out of all of it is that that evil exists but God exists and mm. because God exists evil is nothing right it can't stand in the face of of the of the light you know like John 1 begins you know that um the light came into the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not it it can't stand him you know the the light the darkness can't stand against the light the grave can't hold jesus like there's there is there's victory in the face of evil that's right and it's 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 a victory that we can we can grasp a hold of and take and take charge of or take uh take in ownership of with jesus as our uh as our defender so when so, darkness comes just turn on the light <laughs> amen so uh parting thoughts uh favorite episodes or or moments or anything like that in the series we're only one season in um and there's so many twists and turns in this Mm -hmm. series uh and i think we did a pretty good job of not spoiling everything i i I love uh probably my favorite my favorite episode actually i think is number one which is kind of crazy because you, you learn so much about the characters and uh and and you see right off the get go this the struggle um, uh, with Chris, uh, Kristen and, and David especially. Um, <laughs> my favorite just goofy episode was the Christmas episode, the earworm yes. episode. Yeah, that's one I was going to mention too. The Seven Swans of Singing. Yeah, I think is what it's called. <laughs> Uh yeah, that one really got me. That that episode is actually um you, oh I got a I got the little song here. So this song is gonna be stuck in y'all's head now. So uh the the so basically in this episode they notice a phenomenon in a girls school where everyone starts singing that song and they can't stop and they can't stop and it's 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 like the earworm is is, is like you know you know you get the song stuck in your head magnified what, to 10 <laughs> yeah but it was magnified because there was some uh, there was some subliminal message, subliminal high frequency message that adults couldn't hear, but children could, which is a true thing. That's a, that's a scientific thing. Right. Um, and, but the, the, but the subsonic message was embedding the song into their head so they couldn't get it out. And it eventually drove them to start driving things into their ears. Like they were trying to, to stop it. Yeah. But, uh, Anyway, that was like I, I loved that episode. I thought it was, and really the episode was also about influencers. Yeah, because everyone was like hung up on 
the song originated from like a YouTube makeup tutorial right. uh, show. And so the whole point was, you know, how much are these pe- are, are kids tuning in to these web influencers and, you know, how much power do you have whenever you get in front of a microphone or, right. you know, just like us, yeah. like, <laughs> like it could be said we're influencers. So hopefully we're doing a decent job at not making you stick a pencil in your ear. <laughs> Of course, if I keep playing the earworm song, it'll be stuck. (laughs) Two creepiest episodes for me, and I'll finish with this one. The Halloween episode creeped me out. That was nuts. Super, super creepy. (laughs) And then, uh, and I'll just say that and leave it at that. And the other one was the the one you played the clip from uh, when they go out to to meet uh, his His dad. dad. That yeah. was such a creepy episode as well. So yeah, there's it's trippy. Yeah, they I mean, there's some there's some genuine horror in this and and uh it's definitely not for the faint of heart, so don't watch it with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's right. it, man. All right, man. Well you wanna you wanna read our our script? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, here we go. I'm gonna try a couple of, I haven't solidified on the outro yet, so we're so bear with us, listeners. We're That's right. Still, we're on. We're st- it's like brand new again. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Okay, but here we go. The the Theopop. No, Theopop is part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theonauts. Also, visit us on Twitter using at Theonautical. And if you like us and want more Theonauts and Theopop, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in in many ways like uh, hosting fees and equipment costs. And don't forget to tune in again and explore Theopop with us. (laughs) All right, Jeremiah. Thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. All right. God bless. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. This is your Great Commission Transmission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. La 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 la